this week, I want to continue on in this series called I Worship. And, uh, and so today, I've entitled today's message, uh, Our Greatest Pleasure. When we make worship our priority, when we make worship our focus in our life, it not only pleases God, but it pleases us. By, I, by the way, I found this out. What pleases God pleases us. It really, truly does. And so we want to make sure that we're, we're pleasing God and worship does please us or please God. And as a result, it pleases us. Uh, I want to take you to uh, Psalm 16. We're going to start there in Psalm 16 this morning. And we've been, we've been uh, leading off with John 4, and we'll get there in just a moment. But uh, when, when we worship, it creates an environment for God to show up. Uh, it, it creates an environment where God manifests and his presence is rich and, and powerful. And, and I was talking to a friend of mine uh, yesterday, and he's in another state, and, and he, he lost his wife uh, uh, around November and, and uh, still just going through a lot of grief. Uh, he loved his wife, uh, misses her dearly, and she was bigger than life anyhow. And, and so they, they had a, about a seven-year battle with cancer in her life. And, and uh, she was bed fast for uh, like a year uh, or maybe even a little longer. And, and, uh, and he just misses her. And he just, you know, we, we talk periodically and been able to minister to him and just love him. And, 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 and I told him this. I said, I, I don't want to try to sway you, but, man, if you would just come. If you would just come and be a part of our church. I said, you just need to get in the culture of our, our church. It's so life-giving. And I said, it would bring so much health and wholeness and healing in your life. And, and I just know that. And, and honestly, I'm trying to move people from all over the country here to be a part of our church. I really am. Because I'm going to tell you, we, it's not... It's not all I mean, we have something to do with it, but because we are worshipers, I'm truly, I'm truly excited that we're worshipers, and God manifests here, and where God manifests, there's life. I mean, people walk away changed because of God's presence here, and we want to create an environment where the presence of God is manifested and is experienced. Amen. And so I, I, just, I just kept telling him, I just, I, I'm not trying to get you, and he's been here several times, him and his wife, and. Um, but I said, uh, it's just so rich. God's presence here is so rich. And our people just awesome. You guys are, man, I love you. You're awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. But look at this in Psalm 16, verse 11. It says this. It says, you, talking about the Lord, you will show me the path of life. That word, that word life means health, happiness, prosperity, and vitality. I love that. That word vitality means energy, drive, fire, and passion. God wants to show us that path of life, that life-giving uh, path where, where we're experiencing the happiness of God, the, the vitality, the prosperity, and the, the health of God in our life, health in our relationships and our, our finances in our physical bodies, just health everywhere. And, and, and so he shows us the path that we're to get on. And so it says here, I will show you the path of life. And get this, in your presence is the fullness of joy. The fullness of joy. Why, why is it that church uh, here, at our church is so, 
so lively and, and, and expressive, it's because of the presence of God. Uh, church shouldn't be a place that's like, man, you don't want to move in case, because if you do, you might be hurt or something. And, and, have you ever been in any church like that? And I'm not criticizing, but it's like, no, man, church ought to be alive. Because where the presence of the Lord is, is the fullness of joy. When people are, listen, if you're fighting depression today, this is a word for somebody. If you're fighting depression today, here's the, here's the, here's the medication for you. Get in God's presence. Get in his presence. Worship him. Just love him. Focus on him and just start thanking him, admiring him. And get in the presence of God and see if, if it doesn't change your life and your heart. See, put on the garment of praise, the Bible says, for the spirit of heaviness. There's a demonic spirit that's trying to weigh people down. It's a heaviness that's trying to hold you and I back from what God has for us. The remedy? Presence of God. Be a worshiper of God. Amen? All right. Am I done? I'm not done. Okay, let me, I'm just getting started. And so, and I'm just on the first scripture. Now, it goes on to say, at your right hand are pleasures, pleasures, pleasures forevermore. They're long, they're, they're everlasting. They're, 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 the, they're everlasting, the pleasures of God. When we, the right hand is talking about the authority of God. When we come under the authority of God, then it brings pleasure in our life, throughout our life. That's why we've got to, Put God first and focus in on Him and worship Him with our life. And, and I looked up that word pleasure there. It means satisfaction. God satisfies us. It also means gratification. He, 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 he brings gratification in our life. And it also means contentment. There's a lot of people who are discontented in their life and they're, they're just, they just, it just seems like nothing satisfies them. Presence of God presence of God. There's nothing that can satisfy. There's not anything that can satisfy like the presence of God in our lives. And, and it may be a foreign thing to you unless you've experienced God's presence. And that's where you press in. You press in in prayer. God, I just, I want to know you. I want to love you. I want to uh, honor you. And some of you, listen, I just feel this too right now. Since this, some of you know what I'm talking about, but it's been so far removed that you, you, you haven't experienced it in a while and you're longing for it. And I'm here, I feel, I just really sense the Lord saying, I'm only, I'm only a decision away. I'm only a decision away. Just make a decision. He says, if you'll draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. Just decide to draw near to him. Press him. Let God experience, uh, let God impact your life and experience him. There's no other pleasure like God brings when we trust him for our life. So, with that being said, I'm going to take you to John chapter 4. Jesus was on a journey here on this earth when he was here. And he came to this, uh, this, this city in Samaria. And, and, uh, and when he got there, he came to this well. And he met this, uh, this, uh, this Samaritan woman. And uh, I want to just pick up the story there in, in John chapter 4. And we're going to take some thoughts out of this today and and uh, I, I believe God's going to just speak, uh, speak to our, us in a, in a great way. In verse 7, it says, A woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealing with Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said to her, 
If you knew the gift of God and who it who and who it and who says to you, "Give me a drink," you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Remember, we just talked about God's life giver. And then the woman said to him, "Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water?" Boy, she's just missing it. Some of, some of us have been there. And in verse 12, it says, Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as, the well, as well as his sons and his livestock? And Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, just not satisfied, until you drink of the water that he gives. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to, uh, to draw. And then Jesus responded. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband. Come here. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, You have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you have is not your husband, in that you spoken truly. And the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Uh-oh, God's got some insight here. He said, I perceive that you, you're a prophet. Jesus had some insight. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain. Now, notice here that God made sure that this was uh, uh, printed, and he put this here for us, that worship was tied in to this whole conversation and uh, I just believe his spirit inspired. Jesus said to her, uh, then the woman said to her, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worship in this mountain. And you, uh, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where we ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know we know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, here's what I want to talk about today is why worshiping God gives us our greatest pleasure. I've already laid foundation for that, that God does give us pleasure, that there's not anything else that gives us pleasure like him, that in his, uh, in his presence is the fullness of joy, and at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. And so, so why, why, why worshiping God? Why is it that he gives us our greatest pleasure? The first thing I want to point out is this. Number one, he's the only one that meets our deepest personal needs nobody else or anything else can meet our deepest personal needs that's why it brings us our greatest pleasure why why people are struggling in their life i believe it's because they are not entering into the presence of god through worship now worship is not just what took place this morning worship is anytime we're focused on god and really, our whole life ought to be worship. We ought to use our, our job to worship God. Amen? Yes. Whatever we do, we ought to do it as a, we're doing it unto the Lord. We ought, to, we, ought to, we ought to be using our home for worship. We ought to be using our family and, and just our family uh, 
creating that environment to, to worship God. God, we're doing this to honor you and love you and, and worship you. And so we need to understand that. But here, here's, here's the point I'm wanting to make. He's the only one that meets our deepest, deepest needs. Remember in John chapter 4, verse 13, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. Get this, but the water that I shall give him will become in him, in him, a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. There's nothing. Here's what he's saying. There's not anything natural that can satisfy like Jesus can. You, a lot of people are pursuing a lot of things to try to bring satisfaction and, 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 and gratification, and they cannot find it. And obviously, this woman right here was a, a five-time failure in her marriages, and she was trying to find satisfaction in a human being. And she couldn't find it in another person. And so what? She blamed it on the person. It's like, whoo, erase this one. Let's go to the next one. Still, no satisfi satisfaction. Okay, erase this one. Go to the next one. Five times, and now she was on her sixth, sixth man. And I'm going to tell you, she was not going to be satisfied until, until she understood what true worship was. And he said, we must worship him in spirit and in truth. It isn't a location. It isn't the place. It's from your heart, and it's worshiping according to the truth of God's word. Amen? Now, here's the thing that we all need to know is that every one of us have five, uh, four personal, personal needs in our life, deep needs in our life that many, many people are trying to satisfy through other things or other people in their lives. And you're never going to do it. So I'm going to give it to you. It's not going to be on the screen. But the first one is acceptance. A lot of us are trying to meet that need through other people. Let, let me tell you something. We're all going to be rejected. Every one of us are going to uh, be rejected. And, 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 you know, the thing about the Lord, on our good days, he's there. On our bad days, he's there. When we're ugly, he's there. When we're pretty, he's there. He accepts us. He loves us. He embraces us in our life. And that's a need that we're trying to, we're trying to feel through other means and other people. And I'm going to tell you, it's not going to happen. The second one is identity. We try to find our identity in some relationship, some job, something in our life. And Jesus is the only one that can make us feel special. And, and let me tell you, Satan's going to come in and he's going to be trying to speak lies into our life as he did with Adam and Eve. Man, they had it, they had it made. And, and, and Satan came and he convinced them to think that they were missing out on something. And he dealt with their identity. And, and, and he says, man, he says, you'll be like God if you do this. And it's like, well, they were already like God. He created them in, in, in his image. Isn't that right? And so, so anyway, that's a deep need that we have to, is to have an identity. And there's so many people that are trying to find their identity and they're identifying in the wrong places through wrong people. And our identity is to be found in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And the, more, the closer we get to him, the more secure that we are in him and, and not looking anywhere else. For our third thing is security. We live in a troubled world. We live in a world where, where there's a lot of things going on, and we have this need to be, be secure. 
And he's the one that brings security in our lives. Thank God. Amen. It doesn't matter what's going on. I said this morning in our, 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 our small group, our, our pastor's small group, I said, you know, God wants us to be so at peace in our lives that it doesn't matter if we're in a, there's a storm going around that we, the, we we have this peace we're like in the in the eye of the storm yes. and we got all this going on around us but inside man we're in solid we're we're in, yeah, with great peace in our life and that's because our peace only comes from him he'll keep us in perfect peace whose minds are stayed and hearts are stayed on him and then purpose is the last thing purpose 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 is a deep need personal need that only he can meet only he can meet and uh, if we will turn to him and worship him he'll meet those needs and and let me tell you you're you're not going to find you're not going to find a satisfaction in another human being like jesus your purpose is not another person not in a, not in another person let me rephrase that your purpose is in him and doing what he wants you to do here on this earth is that good Okay, so, so the, the first point here is this, is that why is it, why is it uh, worshiping God gives us our greatest pleasure is because he meets our deepest personal, personal needs. Secondly, the second thing I want to share with you is he meets our deepest relational needs, our relational, need, relational needs. Uh, John four ten says he would give you living water, living water. Once again... Uh, man, I tell you, restating uh, re, uh, that conversation that I had with my friend yesterday uh, about wanting him to get here. I want him to experience God's presence. I want him to experience here. Listen, what I'm wanting him to experience is that, that life that flows from here. And by the way, every believer ought to have life. I'm going to be talking about this Wednesday night. We have first Wednesday, this coming Wednesday. I encourage you to come and be with us. But I'm going to talk about this. God, he, he, made, us, he made us to be a conduit of his life into the lives of others. And he wants his life to flow out of us into others. There's living water that he wants flowing out of our life. And, and that's what I was wanting my friend to experience. It's not, it's not necessarily us. It's who lives in us that I want him to experience. And, and I, I shared this with somebody recently. I said, make sure that you're staying in good Christian fellowship and around good people because there's life, a life flow that comes out of uh, good Christian fellowship that flows into your life that's going to feed you on a regular basis. The worst thing that you could do is get away from, to get away from Christian fellowship. That's the worst thing. That's where the devil wants you. That's where he destroys. That's where he gets you. That's where he brings you down. Now, what happens? What happens when we don't look to God as meeting that need, that relational need? What happens is we will transfer, we'll transfer all of those uh, relational needs automatically. We'll transfer those needs to those around us. Rather than looking to him, we're going to look to others to try to meet those needs. When that happens, there's a few things that happen. Number one is we put people in a place to control our lives. They'll control our moods. Early on, I, I had an anger problem. I know. You, you probably wouldn't think that I would, but uh, for you that have been with me for a lot of years, you've seen that stuff come out before, okay? You've seen the devil himself come out of me. Shut up back there. <laughs> Oops, you just saw it, didn't you? Okay. 
Um, lost my train of thought now. Anger problem. I had a, I had a huge anger problem. And, uh, and, and I'm going to tell you why I had such an anger problem. I mean, I've got, I've got scars everywhere because of anger. I, I, my, my, my fists from punching mirrors and putting fists through walls and kicked walls in. I've done all kinds of things that I'm not proud of. And all of that was before Christ. But I did do some things after Christ. So, uh, so I'm not, you know, I still had an anger problem. That God had to deal with me in my life. And here's the, here's the main thing that he dealt with me. Is that I was looking to people to meet my needs. And when, them, when they didn't meet my needs, I would get angry. They started to, I allowed them to control my moods. Uh, this week, I, uh, we had a, a, a project. And by the way, Lalo, thank you for, and Rachel, and for helping, and, and uh, Jordan, helping... Uh, uh, come and tear down a wall. Uh, we, they helped us tear down a wall. We redid, uh, for you that have been around here, you know what I'm talking about, but we tore down the Welcome Center wall and opened it up and that type of thing. And, and so I, if you know me, I, I'm like a, a, a bulldog on a bone. When I start a project, I'm at it until I get it done. And, man, I am like, I'm, I'm at it. And, uh, and so anyway... I had everybody lined up, and, uh, and so I had everybody lined up. I was having a problem finding somebody to do a countertop and could not find anybody and uh, couldn't get people to respond. And those that did respond is like, oh, my gosh, that's so high. It's like way out. I said, I'm not going to pay that price. And so here's the thing. I did not get angry. In the old days, whoo, I would have been. I, I'm going to say I'm going to give you the Texas Vernacular. I would have been ticked off, man. I, I mean, I would have been hot. I would have been mad because people weren't cooperating with me. You know what I'm talking about? Somebody, somebody in this house did it this morning on the way to church. You got mad at somebody, right? And so I, I, would, have got, I would have got mad. But here's the thing. I, I took that control out of people's hands a long time ago. And sometimes I give it back because I, I, I start looking to people sometimes to meet my needs instead of God. Here's what I did. I prayed and I asked the Lord. I said, Lord, I need somebody to, to, to help me resolve this. And I need a countertop. And I was looking at, I was looking at uh, Formica and then I was looking at uh, Granite. And uh, granite was like crazy high. I was like, oh, man, I really wanted granite. But it was just like crazy high. So you got to be kidding me, that high? And so anyway, I prayed. I, here's Wednesday. And I'm going to have this done in between services. We're going to get this done. We tore out the wall Sunday afternoon. Had the cabinet maker. He, uh, he had the cabinets I had him already had made. And he put them in first thing Monday morning. And so we're going to get these in. And here, here Wednesday morning, I still had nobody lined out for a countertop. And so I went back. I went back to the cabinet maker and I said, hey, do you know anybody? Anybody? And he, he basically said no. He, he knew one guy but didn't really recommend him. That's all I'll say. 
And so I said, uh, you know, wow, okay. And he says, you know, what about, and he, he took me to, into his house and he showed me where he had uh, uh, did a, uh, a dresser. And he says, what about this? And I looked at it, it looked pretty sharp. And so uh, that's Wednesday morning. Remember, I prayed. Wednesday morning. I said, okay, when can you do it? He says, Friday. I said, I can't do it Friday. I said, we're still going to have to stain it. We're going to have to spray it. By the way, it's still tacky, and we did spray it Friday. But uh, uh, I said, it just, I can't wait till Friday evening for you to do this because he, he had to do his other jobs, and he had to do it in the evening. And I said, I can't do it on Friday. And he looked at his brother, which is his worker, and he said, and they just kind of looked at each other, okay, we'll do it this evening. So, so, so Wednesday evening, we had all that tops done. Thursday, we're out there staining and spraying. And then Friday, we finished it up, and it's done. And by the way, I'm glad that Formica didn't work out. I'm glad that, the, uh, that uh, whatever that other stuff, that granite didn't work out. I think it looks better than how the granite would have looked, personally. And, and God, there's another guy that God provided. For, he, he lives by me, but I brought him here to look at uh, something else. And he said, well, what about this idea? And what about this idea? I took his ideas. I applied it. And man, it, and he helped me do it for two days. Two days. God provided him. He just kicked in. He just wanted to help make it happen. Amen. And it got done. Amen? All I'm saying all I'm saying is that he meets our deepest relational needs. If we will look to him, he will provide the relationships in our life that are going to meet those needs in our life emotionally, spiritually, physically, every which way. Quit looking to people. Look to Jesus Christ. The Bible says this. It says in Jeremiah 31, 25, I will satisfy the needs of those who are weary and fully refresh the souls of those who are faint. Who's going to do this? The Lord is. Let me give you this last quick thought. Why worshiping God gives us our greatest pleasure? Number three, he meets our deepest, deepest spiritual needs. Our deepest spiritual needs. Here's the thing. I read it earlier. The woman was amazed. She was amazed at Jesus that he knew this. And uh, after, after uh, Jesus and, and, and uh, this, this Samaritan woman were, were uh, talking, the Bible says that she went into town and started telling people what it was that, that she encountered and that there was this prophet or this man of God that told all her business. And, and so these, all those people came and came to Jesus. And the Bible says as a result of that taking place, they believed they believed now here's our deepest spiritual need our deepest spiritual need is to to know god and to make god known that's our spiritual our deepest spiritual need it's the purpose of god in our life there's not anybody anybody on the face of this earth that can satisfy us there's not any hobby that you can do there's not anything else that you can do that can satisfy you like Jesus satisfies you. You know, I, I, you know, when you're going through all kinds of stuff in your life, it's easy to maybe 
allow the enemy to cause you to drift away from the Lord during that time. But thank God, thank God that there's people that God is using, even if they've just barely encountered Jesus. By the way, this woman just barely encountered Jesus. And she went and she became a vessel to bring others to Jesus. And really, that's, where, that's our, one of our greatest spiritual needs is to, to get to know him and bring others and help them to get to know him. Are you with me? That's what it's all about. And this happened. She did that. And I remember right after, right after I got saved, all hell came against me, my family. I mean, it was, it was crazy, crazy how much came against us. It was like, I mean, one thing after another, after another, after another, after another hit, hit us. Uh, I, 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 right after I got saved, uh, it wasn't long after that that my wife decided she didn't want to be married again. And she, she, she left. It wasn't right after that that uh, uh, my little brother took his life. It wasn't right after that that, and I don't remember what sequence this was in, but it was within a short period of time. It wasn't right after that that my brother... And uh, my brother's wife had an affair with his pastor, which was also his best friend. And I was right in the middle of those relationships. It wasn't right after that that my mother, uh, her husband, didn't want to be married. My dad died when I was young. She got remarried. They had been married for 17 years or something like that, 19. And, uh, and so she, he, he just all of this happening at the same time. My back went out. My wife, when she left, she, I mean, she just stripped me of everything. And, and it was a, just a crazy, crazy thing. Thank God that I was a part of a church that believed in uh, taking people to Jesus. They came into my life in the form of small groups. And they took me to Jesus when I needed Jesus the most because he's the only one that could have met my need like no other. And he continu they continue to do that, continue to do that, continue to minister to us during those, those, those times of attacks in our life where it was just, I mean, they were punching. The devil was punching and hitting and trying to pound us down and beat us down and, and trying to hold us back. But he did not succeed. Amen. Amen? And I'm going to tell you why. Because there was a lot of people that knew how to worship God. And with their lives, they worshiped him through their life in helping to get others to Jesus. And they helped get my family continually to Jesus to be able to receive that living water from him in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen.